Our reading this morning is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 21, verses 1 to 14, and it's on page 1091 in the Church Bibles. Afterwards, Jesus appeared to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was him. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. They did. Then they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred meters. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back to the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was so full of large fish, 153. But even so, with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Uh, my name is Trevor, in case for those of you who don't know me and a member of the congregation here, which is quite strange to stand here and say that, but anyway, that's, that's where it is. And uh, we were thinking of fundraising um, things for the, for the kids. I was thinking whoever bids high enough, I, I will stop preaching now. And, uh, not sure whether Tom would agree with that or not, but anyway... Let's just pray before we look at that passage that Brenda read read to us. Just quieten our minds and our thoughts. I was very struck as I read this passage. When Jesus called to the disciples, the disciples didn't recognize who Jesus was. And Father, I pray this morning, as we look at this very familiar passage together, that you would speak to us afresh. Lord, would you come in the power of your spirit and speak to each one this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. A number of Sundays uh, ago, the the children were interviewing Tom about fishing. 
And there's one thing Tom and I have in common, we don't like fishing. I think Tom caught one fish. I'm not sure I was so successful at fishing. I haven't got the patience standing there waiting for something to bite and, and nothing happens. Uh, and it can be very discouraging when you're, when you're fishing and nothing happens. Tom at least caught one and he fished all night. I used to fish during the daytime. I was a bit more sensible. I slept at night and fished during the day, which is not very sensible either. But I don't know if any of you have ever seen a, a, a program on television called Deadliest Catch. It's a, a, it's a mad program, really, um, where fishermen fish in the Bering Sea, which I'm told is one of the roughest seas in the world, uh, waves reaching uh, 30 feet most of the time, choppy waters, icy waters, and these guys go out fishing for king crab. The crabs are huge things. And they have these huge cages that I could actually stand in the cage, it's so big. And they leave the cages there with some bait in for the crabs to come, and then they come and collect the crabs, or the cages, and sometimes the cages are three quarters full of crab, and sometimes the cages are only two or three in the bottom of the thing, which is not what they went to catch. And it can be very disappointing for those guys because this is their, their livelihood. Here in this story that Brenda read to us today, the disciples, remember this is post-resurrection and uh, Jesus has appeared to the disciples twice up to this point. <clears throat> but the disciples, they're, they're betwixt and between. They don't know what they're, what they're to be doing. And uh, Peter, being the, the great guy he is, probably was bored and he said, let's go fishing, because that's what they used to do. And if you go back to Luke chapter 5, this is when Jesus called the disciples the first time. They were also fishing that time and they caught nothing. And in this story, they went fishing and they fished all night and they caught nothing. They must have been hugely discouraged. And I don't know about you here this morning. I don't know whether you're discouraged or not. But we all face discouragement at one time or another. Maybe you were doing an exam and the results didn't go the way you wanted them to go. Maybe you're expecting a promotion in work and somebody else got it and you're discouraged. Maybe somebody said something to you and it really was discouraging. I don't know where you're at this morning, but I believe, unless you're exceptional, all of us have faced discouragements in, in our life. And as we look through this passage, I want there's a couple of things I want you to, to keep in your mind. Um, uh, and that is Jesus' compassion and his provision. And we will look a little bit further into the chapter because I believe we'd be missing something if we didn't continue in, in the rest of the chapter. We will see the restoration of Peter. And we will see the call to discipleship. Uh, and this first chapter, first verses that Brenda read to us, it reminds us of the importance of obedience and faith in the midst of uncertainty. We face uncertain times. We have faced uncertain times in our land. We faced uncertain times in our own private lives. But we will learn the importance of obedience and faith. The guys here, as they, as they fished all night, they... they they were really discouraged and um, they had been after the crucifixion of Jesus. The disciples were, were really confused, a bunch of, 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 of guys. They were filled with uncertainty. They didn't know what they were meant to be doing. And maybe 
some of us or all of us here in our journey of faith we're grappling with some of these uh, issues we're not quite sure what's what's happening it's essential to recognize even in these moments when we are confused and we don't know where we're heading that Jesus remains present and he wants to guide our steps you see if you go cast your minds back to Luke chapter 5 where we read about or where you can read about the miraculous catch of fish this is what the disciples knew best this was their livelihood and so now they're in this middle of confusion they said let's go back to doing what we used to do and they thought they knew best but then this voice comes, they're, they're coming in from, from the fishing trip, they've caught absolutely nothing, and they hear this voice from the shore, and they don't recognize who it is. Until Jesus says to them, have you caught anything? And they say, no, we haven't caught a thing. Interestingly enough, when Jesus says to them, cast your nets on the right-hand side, they actually do it. I'm not sure if I heard a voice from the seashore telling me to let the nets down on the right-hand side. If I had been fishing all night, I might have even used bad words to tell them where to go. So they didn't recognize his voice, but suddenly John recognized and says to Peter, It is the Lord. And suddenly, everything changes. See, sometimes a, sim sim a simple command from the Lord, we need to listen to what that command is and obey it. And we see what happened. We see the abundance of God's provision. Sometimes we rely, rely too much on our own efforts. The disciples have been fishing all night. This was their background. They thought they knew what they were doing, but they caught nothing. Jesus says, let your nets down the right-hand side, and they catch what was 156 or 153 fish. I remember, I was only sharing this this week, that when I started the work of Fields of Life, when I'd come back, when Ruth and I had come back from Uganda, and we'd, we'd started to take on the work, we, we had no funding for anything. And I was asked to speak at a midweek Bible study in Northern Ireland. And I drove to just beyond Portadown. Knocknamuckley was the church. The pastor invited me for dinner. And during dinner he said, we have six charities we support in the church. We're not taking on a seventh. And I thought, why did I come here tonight? Anyway, I spoke at the, the midweek Bible study. They had a whip around and, and they raised a few pounds sterling. And on the way home, because I used to, when I would drive up, I would drive back that night, because staying in a strange bed, I wouldn't sleep anyway. And I gave out more to the Lord on that trip. I said, Lord, you brought me all the way. Two and, at that time, we didn't have the M50. Two and a half hours there, two and a half hours back, to be told they weren't going to take on another charity. And I gave out probably the whole way home, in my own mind, to the Lord. Two days later... I got a phone call and it was a businessman and he said his name and he said you don't know me I was at the midweek bible study the night how much did you say it cost to build a school and that's the way he spoke no sort of how are you da 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 great day 
So I thought, I've got a crank here. He can build the school half the price that I could in Uganda. And then I was going to say what I thought I should have it by, but then I said, I can't do that. So I said, £40,000 sterling. Imagine £40,000 sterling at that time. I don't know how many years ago that was, 25, 26 years ago. We could build a school for 400 kids in Uganda. And he said to me, you have it. And I said, sorry? I nearly collapsed in the heap. I never got 40000 in my life for the charity. <laughs> he says, you have it. He says, call to my office next time you're up north and I'll write you out a cheque. I made the journey back the next day to get the cheque. <laughs> He said, I've only been a Christian for five years. I hated school when I left. I left school at 13. And when I became a Christian, God told me to build a school, and I hadn't a clue what he was talking about. But when I heard you speaking at the midweek Bible study, I knew that was the school I was to build. And he's built many schools. But then, the arrows started flying. God said, now, do you think it was a waste of time I was sending you to speak there? Do you see God's provision he provides in the most miraculous of ways. And in this way, the, 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 the disciples let down the net and they catch an amazing amount of fish. I, I was trying to research why it was this number of fish in particular. And different commentators had different theories. And you know, the, the one that I came back with was, it was a miracle. God performed a miracle. And so the disciples saw this. And it reminds us that when we align our actions with God's will, he blesses us beyond measure. And we have an example of that here in the storehouse at Crinken. I don't know how many people have been fed through the storehouse. But the one thing I do know is the food has never run out. It continues to provide, to provide, and to provide it is only God that can make that happen through the likes of you and me. But that's where these things happen. And then there's that invitation uh, to fellowship. Jesus says, come and have breakfast. Bring some fish with you. And if you read the story carefully, Jesus already got the fish and the bread prepared. He didn't need their fish at all. He had the fish himself. But the thing that encouraged me with that was that Jesus wants to use us in his mission if we're willing to participate. But he will do it himself if we're not willing uh, to do it. Imagine having a barbecue breakfast on the seashore with Jesus. I, I think that's very, very special. And you know, today we're able to have fellowship together around the table as we remember what Jesus did uh, for us and this intimate gathering of the disciples and, and Jesus signifies the importance of fellowship within the body of Christ Jesus invites us to communion with him and to communion with others to nurture our faith and foster unity now if we were to end the story there as as was read to us this morning, we, we would be missing something uh, very important. And if you read on, and you can read this at home, I didn't want Brenda to have to be reading for, for hours, but read it when you go home. We witness in the next part of, at the end, the end of the chapter, a beautiful exchange between Jesus 
and his disciple Peter, reminding us of the significance of restoration, of love, and the call to follow him. Not just to follow him, but to follow him wholeheartedly. Peter, as you know, do you remember back before uh, the crucifixion, they were in the garden, he denied Jesus three times. It must have been a very dark hour for Peter. But this encounter here showcases Jesus, his unconditional, his unconditional love, his compassion to restore Peter from the depths of brokenness. I honestly don't know where any of you are at this morning. But maybe some of you have come through the door and you feel broken in many different ways. You can be broken in so many different ways. I want you to see here Jesus, his unconditional love and his compassion. And it's for you. We find solace. I find solace. No matter how far, no matter what we've done or how far we have strayed, Jesus is offering that hand ready to extend his loving forgiveness and restore us back into fellowship with him. There is power in the questions that Jesus asked Peter. He says to Peter, do you love me? Peter said, of course I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Then he says again, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, tend my sheep. And the third time he says, Peter, do you love me? He says, feed my sheep. It's mirroring that time when Peter denied him three times. But by doing so, not only does Jesus offer Peter an opportunity to affirm his love, but he also invites him to rediscover the deep commitment necessary for discipleship. And I believe as he said that to Peter, the other disciples were also listening and they could see that they are also in need of this restoration as well. We too, like Peter, must continuously examine the depths of our love for Christ, recommitting ourselves to follow him faithfully. And then there was that call to radical discipleship. Peter affirms his love for Jesus. He receives that challenging command, feed my sheep, tend my sheep. This charge reminds us that our love for Jesus must manifest itself in active service to others. We are not called to sit on chairs on a Sunday morning. As important as that is to worship together, we are called to active service for others. We are called to care for and shepherd those entrusted to us 
both spiritually and practically. And then the passage ends, concludes with Jesus foretelling Peter's future sacrifice and calling him to follow him faithfully regardless of what happens to him. And we too have been called to follow Jesus in our unique circumstances. And though each of our paths may differ, the essential elements remain the same. To follow Christ with unwavering devotion, regardless of the challenges that we may face. So what are you going to take away this morning? What significance does these passages have for us? Well, in conclusion, in times of uncertainty, in times when we don't know what's going on, Jesus is always present. And he is there to guide and direct our steps. Obedience to his commands opens a door to blessings and miracles beyond our understanding. And fellowship and communion with Jesus and our fellow believers are essential for growth and our spiritual nourishment. But also let us remember that Jesus, no matter where we have fallen, Jesus offers restoration and forgiveness, no matter our past mistakes. We are called to examine the depth of our love for Christ and recommit ourselves to him. And our love for Jesus must be demonstrated through active service and care for others. Each of us has a unique path to follow. But our devotion to Christ should remain unwavering. Let's pray. May we walk away from this sermon with a renewed sense of obedience, faith and a desire to cast our nets on the other side. Let us trust in God's guidance, witnessing his miraculous provision and experience the joy of fellowship in his presence. May we be inspired by the example of Peter's restoration motivated by the depth of Jesus' love and recommit ourselves to follow him wholeheartedly. May we serve others with joy and devotion, knowing that our faithful response to Jesus' call will lead to a life rich in purpose and eternal significance. Amen.